go get an update on Michigan State. Jim Comperoni, SpartanMag.com, the MSU Insider, is standing by on the Meyer guest line. And, Comp, I know you've covered Michigan State for how many years? What year is this? Mm. <clears throat> since, uh, since 1988. Wow, you're going old school right there covering Michigan State. 34 years, I guess. All right, so where does Saturday's where does Saturday's blowout loss to Minnesota at home rank on the worst home losses Jim Comperoni from SpartanMag.com has ever seen in East Lansing? It's in the top ten. It was disturbing, alarming. I was not surprised, Bill. Uh, the pre-snap read that we that we write on SpartanMag.com, I, I I don't do a prediction. I just List a bunch of expectations. It's an eight thousand word dissertation on things, and I got a lot of um, negative feedback from my subscribers saying that I was too negative. Even might have had a cancellation because they just thought I was just being too negative, not giving Michigan State enough of a chance. I didn't see Michigan State. I, I would I would have been impressed to see them make enough improvements over six days from the Washington game to beat a very good Minnesota team. I expected Minnesota to win by two two and a half touchdowns, not four touchdowns. Um, but as the injuries mounted, it, it you know it, it was a disturbing situation. But um, it's up there among the top ten losses, partly because you know two weeks ago there was a lot of hope in the season. It's year three of a coach. When we've seen disastrous games at Spartan Stadium, a lot of times it's at the end of a tenure of a failing coach. And there's light at the end of the tunnel that there's going to be a firing and a, and a changing of the guard and things like that. In this case. It's disturbing because there was so much hope and optimism a couple of weeks ago. Then you start to wonder about the future of Michigan State, the coaching staff, the defensive coordinator, things like that. Those are things that you arrive at when you've seen your team uh, decimated on defense two straight weeks and two straight weeks in which the offense did not give them um, much help you know, digging a, a hole uh, in both of those games. So disturbing, top ten in the last 35 years. I'd have to rank them, but it's got to be up there. Jim Comperoni, SpartanMag.com, the Michigan State Insider, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Now we turn our attention to State on Saturday at Maryland, most important game of the year. Uh, they can't come home with a loss because then you're looking at Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, and the rest of that schedule, including Penn State. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out the W's if they don't beat Maryland. There's not many. If they lose to Maryland, you're looking at a three and nine season, most likely something like that. Mm. If the team stays, to, if the team stays together, and they show up at the end of the season when they play Indiana and Rutgers, and we'll have to wait and see what Penn State looks like at that point. But yeah, you know, Wisconsin they're struggling, but Michigan State is struggling worse. Um, the, the, among the problems, <clears throat> Michigan State did not have a good defense last year. We knew that they needed to come in and improve the defense this year. We knew that. Um, now add in the front six. You know, everybody runs a front six. There's really no more front sevens. You know, you go for front seven if a team goes with two tight ends and, 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 you know, maybe a power formation. But basically you've got a front six on defense. Michigan State's front six, five of the six were not available in the second half of this game against Minnesota. You know, show me a team where five of your front six are out and it's going to be hard to be good. Now factor in that they weren't good last year to begin with. Now factor in that your offense is not helping you at all. And uh, then factor in that it's, a, that it's a program that really did not have a lot of depth as it was anyway in that front six. Now that doesn't say anything about the past defense. You go out there and you've got some 
some strange, you know, alignment uh, errors. I asked Scotty Hazleton about it a little bit today, and he said sometimes those alignments are to to give up a shorter pass to protect against a longer pass. You're picking your poison back there. That's not ideal. Um, they they don't want to come out and say it, but they're short on personnel right now, short on players, and it's starting to seep into. Peyton Thorne's game, I think, a little bit. He's not been sharp. So there's problems all over the place, not the least of which is a challenging schedule that has been hard and it's going to stay difficult. So, Comp, uh, Mel Tucker, $95 million contract, has been relatively heat-free since arriving uh, in East Lansing. That game Saturday is huge, like we talked about, and He's got to find a way. I, I I don't know how you can be that bad back-to-back years uh, with that pass defense. And that's his forte uh, on his resume as a recruiter, as a DB coach. I mean, how, how you were the worst in college football a year ago, and and you're, you're that bad. And then you, you play a running team comp, as you alluded to, in Minnesota, and people thought that's why they had a shot. And you can't stop the run against the Gophers. No, and Minnesota has got a fabulous running attack. So Michigan State came out to stop the run, and they went single safety deep, which makes sense. You know, a lot of people think that Minnesota came out and fooled Michigan State by throwing. No, that's not the case. Minnesota changed their play at the line of scrimmage. They did whatever Michigan State was lined up to stop, and Michigan State would show their hands too early, and Minnesota was able to check into a favorable play and then run RPO off of that and attack matchups and attack leverage and attack free releases, and it was an easy pitch and catch. So I understand why Michigan State was trying to stop the run first, but they did a poor job, in my opinion, of disguising it. Now, why, why is that? Partly because when you – I think that was a carryover from the Washington game. Washington did so much – you know, trading and shifting and formations, and Michigan State tried to rush all over the place on defense to keep up with it, that they ended up fooling themselves and getting out of sorts. In this game against Minnesota, Michigan State tried to dumb it down a little bit more, keep it simple, especially with all the replacements they have on defense. In keeping it simple, they were reacting quickly to Michigan's, to, to Minnesota's fake cadence. You know, you, you give a fake cadence, then you look at the sideline, then you change your play. Michigan State would show their defense, and then they would never, like, um, check out of it. It takes, you know, a veteran, sophisticated defense to, to disguise, then show another thing, then check out of it while the offense is checking. You can get to that level at some point, but Michigan State's not at that level, and Minnesota just made them look silly. Now, Minnesota is good. I think Minnesota and Washington are both going to be in the top ten here in a few weeks. But that, but you, that does not excuse a team from being non-competitive and Minnesota rolling through Michigan State and not punting. Know this about Minnesota. They've only punted three times all year. Jim Comperoni, SmartMeg.com, the MSU insider dropping numbers on the huge show across Michigan. Are, are you surprised by any response or responses plural from Mel Tucker after these last two losses. Should he be saying more, owning it more? He has high confidence, as I shared your tweet yesterday on the Huge Show page. Uh, is he trying to show a strong face for the team, or uh, should it be, uh, hey man, you know, we need to be better. I'm taking over DBs. I'm in control of all this. Um, we are going to get this right. Should there be a little bit more energy on his side? 
It's a tough one. He has to be a politician a little bit. He, If he believes that he doesn't have the personnel right now to be competitive against Ohio right. State coming up, he can't come out and say that. You know, his players can't hear the head coach saying that he doesn't believe in them. So the, it's, it's, he has to say something because it's college football and you have to speak to your stakeholders every Monday, the media and, the, most importantly, the fans. So... He believes in his coaches. That's what he's saying publicly. So he's probably not the type of guy to fire coaches in midseason. If he were to fire a coordinator, let's say theoretically, that's just more work for him. Now it's it's his job. He's got to get it straightened around. But he may he may think that it's it's kind of difficult. He needs all hands on deck to try to get it going. Now Scotty Hadelson, defensive coordinator, said today that it's a it's a case of just trying to find out who they have that's playing well, and what they can do to to uh, to accentuate those positives that they do have. And, and, and I tell you what, there's some weaknesses. You know, last week at the end of the game, they had Avery Dunn, a redshirt sophomore out there, defensive end, strong side defensive end. He's never really played in his career, and he's out there giving it his all. But when Minnesota double-teamed him, they were moving him off the line of scrimmage like a blocking sled. And when you've got holes like that, there's some players in the 11 that are okay. Defensive tackles were pretty good, but then Slade's out and Barrow's out, and the defensive tackles were second stringers, and they were they were okay. You know, Bogle, defensive end, he's all right against the run, but he gets knocked out in the second second quarter. Uh, you know, Carter through the tunnel, doesn't look like he's playing. By the way, Maverick Hansen, one of those backup defensive tackles who played pretty well, I mean, he had to play 58 snaps. You don't want your defense, your backup defensive tackle playing 58 snaps. He hurt his ankle with five minutes to go. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out for this next game. So, um, it's it, with in Maryland. I mean, if it's supposed to rain, but if Tagovailoa plays and it's not raining, I mean, they're going to put up 550 yards of offense. It's going to be hard to slow that down. So, it's not like basketball where you've seen a team, you know, kind of bottom out and kind of get things going, and after over a course of two or three weeks, they get things straightened out and they rally. Man, I've covered a lot of football teams, and when it starts to go south. It's hard to repair that aircraft when it's in midair. It's it's really hard to do, and it's and, and Michigan State is up against it this year to try to get this fixed. I I've, I have my doubts. Jim Combroni, SpartanMag.com, the Michigan State Insider, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here in the Huge Show, Cross Michigan Comp. I do appreciate the update. We'll talk later in the week. I'll get your prediction on Michigan State at Maryland. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Bill.